This is the Create the Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode 110 of the Create the Smarts podcast. Guys, welcome back to the show and you know, you know that here at Create the Smarts we are a big fan of the so-called audience first approach, right? Uh, if you have an audience, you can figure out what they want and then you create a product for them. That's how you build an online business. Um, you know, and this is actually something that almost everybody can do. The only thing that you need is an internet connection. You need some basic knowledge um, how to start a website, YouTube channel, social media. But I mean, if you're already on social media, you already know a lot. And, um, you know, basically everybody can do it. The only thing I guess that you need is time. Um, but you know, like 50 years ago, it was really difficult if you wanted if you wanted to build a big business, like if you wanted to to start your own factory or your own shop, you need some money to invest, right? Um, or maybe you need to have a really good network. And it was really difficult 50 years ago to network with influential people if you didn't know anybody, you know. If, if you didn't have a powerful network already. Today, everything has changed with social media. And we can, you know, here at Create the Smarts, we leverage social media to to build a business. Um, just to give a few examples, of course, by building an audience, but also using a podcast, for example, to reach out to people that you can usually not talk to. Um, there are applications like Clubhouse now where you can talk to basically everybody, to influential people, um, like the world has changed and the big question is how can how can we leverage all the social media to build a profitable online business well those are that's that's the big question and here on the podcast you're getting the answers um so the audience first approach right so if building an audience first is the right way to go then how can we build an audience and there are of course multiple platforms um we find that uh, a YouTube channel or a podcast brings the best leads, the best, you know, high quality traffic. TikTok is nice. Instagram as well. Um, in our experience, it's kind of hard to convert that traffic. Instagram probably a bit better than TikTok. But YouTube is really, we are a big believer in YouTube. Um, we work with many YouTubers one-on-one. And um, yeah, some of them are really crushing it. So if YouTube is the answer, then the big question is how do we build a successful YouTube channel, right? And you might already have an idea how to do that because we interview YouTubers on the podcast here. Um, there is a little bit of a survivorship bias though because you know if you only talk to successful people, you only... St- you know, you almost start believing that it's easy, right? I mean, they have done it. Why can't you do it? Um, the thing is that for everybody who succeeds, who succeeds, there are many people who actually fail, right? So how difficult is it really to start and grow a YouTube channel? And that's something that we're going to talk about today with Nate from Channel Makers. And Nate 
studies YouTube. He studies other YouTubers. He does lots of testing. And um, yeah, he, he's really the expert on this topic. So in today's interview with Nate, actually, uh, I forgot to mention, he also runs this YouTube channel called uh, Channel Makers. He grew from zero to 25,000 subscribers in just a year, which is quite impressive. And um, yeah, on this in this interview today, we're really going to learn about intentional strategies to grow your channel, why good ideas should be the basis for every video, the most important metric to watch in analytics, uh, how to stay motivated to create videos, and you're also going to get Nate's perspective on YouTube shorts. So this and much more in my interview with Nate. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey Nate, welcome to the Creator Smarts podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. All right. Thank you, Jan. So I run a channel, my primary channel is called Channel Makers. It's all about helping people grow on YouTube. Um, but I also have the privilege of behind the scenes, I manage several YouTube channels and help produce a lot of videos. So it's kind of a unique perspective on helping people build channels. Um, so that's kind of the main background. I mean, before that I did a lot of performing and on stage theater type of productions. So I got kind of a unique advantage there in that a lot of my perspective I bring to it is about building an audience and creating content that people enjoy watching. Um, so it's kind of a unique background that I bring to the table, but I mean, I guess that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what exactly were you doing before working in the production of, of theaters or what, what was that? Can you explain? How I, that I did performing. So on before, stage, on sta I did you were on stage. thousands of live onstage performances, so you, audiences of, you know, you know, couple 20 to couple thousand. Really? Um, it was a lot. <laughs> it did a a lot before getting onto YouTube. And it's funny because at first when I got onto doing YouTube, there was more of a transition than I thought. I thought, ah, I got this. You know, I, I got it taken care of. I, I know how to be interesting and such. But on camera, a lot of it, it was it was harder to translate at the beginning than I had originally imagined. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely shows in my earlier videos. <laughs> and when you say performing, is it like performing as a dancer or as an actor or... Oh yeah, so like uh, acting, acting, acting yeah. in some musical theater, some some drama, uh, that type of thing. Okay, so how do you make that transition from working as an actor to, I mean, working on stage to to working well behind 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 the stage? I I had I had what I call the the dark ages where I went through <laughs> uh, various. I did some digital marketing. I did some various other things while I was trying to make more money because <laughs> it wasn't I mean it was it was hard unless you're really really good you know Broadway good it's hard to make good money as on stage and such um, but the so I always knew I was gonna I didn't I didn't think that was gonna be my long-term life purpose to do that anyway it was just something I did because I enjoyed and I made like pretty much no money from it but so the dark ages was me just getting online saying, hey, okay, I want to do some digital marketing. I did various web development. I did telesales, heaven help me, for a little while. I <laughs> uh, did various things, but then I started to realize that my passion was in teaching and and just any ways that I can entertain people and make their day better. Have fun, you know, and learn something and have fun while you're learning something. That really came out. And so when I discovered YouTube, 
it was, I mean, I knew about YouTube for a while and I watched YouTube for a while, but then I could actually make a channel and make it into a living out of a channel. That was very intriguing to me. Yeah, but before you started your channel, you, you started that company where you where you helped other YouTubers growing that channel or monetizing that channel? Was that before or after you launched your own channel? That was actually about the, the same time. How about the same time? So what exactly do you do for your clients? So um, we have, it's, it's, we call it, it's basically a membership type of thing where people get in and we have a constantly evolving library and community of um of course, it's content, the, the very best that we have been learning from yeah. building your own websites and your own um, YouTube channels with the goal of helping people replace their full-time income within 24 months. That's kind of the, the premise of it. Yeah. And so it's, it's basically a membership with a, a library of step-by-step direct courses that we are constantly updating as well as a podcast, as well as a very active community of people. Mm-hmm. that are just always interacting. They're all in the same boat, building their own um, items, Yeah, whether and, it's a website or a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And in what kind of niches are your, your customers or your clients and people you work with? All over. <laughs> yeah. If there were, it's, it's all over. If there were more of a heavy area, I would say hobby type like niches. So um, uh, boating, Man, uh, archery, like that type of stuff. It, I would say it's probably leans a bit more heavy that direction. But really, we have people everywhere from finance to uh, making it totally entertainment YouTube channels. Yeah, and you you focus on helping them growing the YouTube channel, or also everything that happens on the back of the business. Yes, both both aspects. Okay, so it really is. I think a lot of people. And you know this, we're chatting here, right, Jan? You know this, a lot of people go into YouTube thinking about it like, I'm going to build a channel and I just got to get monetized and that's how I'm going to make my money, you know, from ads. But really, we know this, <laughs> but for many people, they, they don't really think beyond that when really you create a business out of it, you add a website to support it or vice versa, and much more lucrative if you yeah. approach it that yeah, I think that we are in such a crazy space. I mean, this this whole industry, like the creator industry, YouTube, some of the YouTubers, uh, I mean, some of the, their channels are actually growing faster than, than them, like business-wise. So uh-huh. before you know it, especially some guys are just, you know, the channels are growing so quickly that doubling their, their audience like every two years. And before you know it, you have a big audience with huge business potential, right? But uh-huh. because... They're so focused on content creation, they forget about the rest. And I think that has been uh, yeah, very eye-opening for us here at Creators Mars, running all these events, helping people one-on-one to see the, um, the potential and the, and the opportunities that some people just completely forget about. So it's good to know that I'm, that I'm not the only one <laughs> for, for sure <laughs> focusing on that. And then you also started your own um, your own YouTube channel. You grew from zero subscribers to about twenty five k in in one year, right? Is that yeah, I did. Is that is that very typical? Is that realistic for for beginners? Or yeah, explain uh, what what the standard is and uh, how you did it. For sure. So I would say that's out of the ordinary. Uh, not just to like toot my own horn. Woo hoo! I did awesome. No. <laughs> It is out of the ordinary because 
Oh, man, there is a huge barrier to entry for a lot of people when they are getting into YouTube because it's, I mean, we know this, but it's it's your on-camera presence, it's your voice, it's your recording equipment, it's your editing, it's your marketing strategies, it's your SEO. It's There's so many factors that play into it. And a lot of times it, it uh, takes longer for people to to actually get it. And many, many, many of the biggest YouTube channels today have been running for six or more years yeah. uh, because of that very reason. They hadn't figured it out and they had to learn and a lot of respect to them, you know, more power to them but because they learned that way. Um, but there are ways <laughs> to build a channel. There's specific strategies that can be used to build a channel um, that will, I, I won't use the word guarantee, but will greatly increase the likelihood of that channel growing faster. And I did use many of those strategies to build this channel. Yeah, can you share some of those strategies that you used? For sure, would love to. Uh, one of them was, I knew going into it, it was gonna be competitive. Uh, teaching YouTube on YouTube is, <laughs> it's gotta be, if not the most competitive space, one of the most competitive. Uh, because everybody and their dog, they make a YouTube channel and they say, and if they get any level of success, they everybody makes a video how to grow on YouTube. Everybody does it. And they've, they've got their tips and they're like, hey, this is how to do it. So I knew going into it, it's gonna be extremely competitive. So right off, I was asking myself a few questions. I was saying, what's gonna make this different and better than what else is out there? Because how am I gonna stand out if it's not different and better um, in some ways? So identified specifically a few key things that were going to make it better. And in, and in my mind, I, I think this comes through on the channel, one was I was going to make sure that my videos were very data focused, meaning they, I, the best that I could, I was going to run real tests yeah. on things and not just pontificate, not just say, oh, this is what everybody else is saying and just regurgitate that. There are a lot of channels that do that and they're successful because they're good at other aspects of it. But I wanted to make sure that any content that I added to the channel as much as possible was original. It was something that I had developed myself and I, you know, I'm always learning and researching, but everything backed by as much data as I possibly could. That was one thing. The other thing was I wanted to make it so it was more enjoyable to watch. So the videos were not just dry learning experiences. Um, they were things that had more variety and more interest to them. Um, and then I wanted to keep adding new content to the, the conversation about how to build a YouTube channel. Because I do, and this is you know respect to the other channels that are, that are building, you know, they're teaching how to grow on YouTube, but many of them, from my perspective, are basically caught in a, a similar loop where they are every year remaking the same videos over and over again. Oh, and my. not necessarily adding something new yeah. and original and really doing tests. And I think that's where, I guess, when you speak of competitive advantage, I have a community of people, a lot of people we were speaking about earlier that are in my program, and I'm able to get a lot of, um, I guess, data from them, a lot, a lot of channels. Mm -hmm. So it's not just my channel I'm talking about when I give recommendations, it's a lot of channels. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, that's a very cool advantage that you have there as well for your for your own business that you have access to all that data. Like this afternoon, I had an interview with somebody else, and after the call, he was like, "Jan, tell me a little bit about your coaching program." I said, "Well, why are you interested?" And he said, "Well, you're working with all these people, and you see all the numbers. You know what works in the industry." I was like, "Ah, that's interesting. So you you're kind of doing the same <laughs> thing there." Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. so um, yeah, so you're basically saying that it's important to have a strategy, right? To really think out, well, how you're going to be better than all the other channels out there, like your unique advantage or your unique USP, basically. And in your case, it was um, data, right? So not just a YouTube channel on how to build a YouTube channel, but doing that using lots of data and, and doing lots of tests. Um, yes. And what was the second thing again? Just create, uh, keeping to create or continue to continue to create new content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And were there no other channels out there that were doing something similar? There are. There are other channels. Um, but it, the advantage of on YouTube is people get to know you as a person. It's much more personable than with a website, for example. Websites are still very successful. We teach people how to build passive income websites but the with YouTube the competition is different on YouTube because people can watch you and another channel and another channel and another channel and not have any issue with it and because there's specific reasons why they like you yeah and so um, there I guess back to what you were saying it's you create your your USB right but then anything you can do to also associate yourself with other similar channels actually in a lot of cases can be an advantage mm -hmm. because then you're kind of capturing your piggybacking on the other channels audiences as well yeah have, have you done that has that, has that been part of your strategy um doing mm -hmm. collaborations with other youtubers in your niche and has that yes helped? and yeah. much more now mm. uh, than than earlier on um that's something i've been opening up a lot more just more collaborations more just opportunities to to interact with other people and open dialogues between other yeah. my channel and other channels. Yeah, and why weren't you do that doing that at the beginning? Is that uh, just because <laughs> uh, it was the beginnings, and I I was like, ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this work, and I don't need anybody else. And I did kind of have that mindset early on. I was like, I don't need anybody else. But I looked at it more and more, and I realized, you know what, collaborations are very good, and when I started looking at actual data about how you, the YouTube algorithm treats audiences, uh, it's actually very advantageous to be associated with other channels. And if you do a collab, what better way than in a single video to show the algorithm, look, this channel and this channel are making a video together. Therefore, we have associations. Yeah. It was turned out to be very powerful. Yeah. Do you find it easy to reach out and, and get response from people who are bigger than you? How do you go about that? I, I haven't done a lot of cold outreach. What I've found to be more successful is make a video about one of their videos, <laughs> make a response to them, you know, and be very respectful. And, you know, make, I, I always say to myself, if I'm going to make a response to somebody else, make it a video that they would be proud to see, you know. So I, I'm, my style is never and never will be just tearing other people down because that's just not how I am. I don't, I don't operate in the drama like, oh, let's stir something up here. Uh, but very effective has been make a video about another channel, you yeah. know, about something that they talk about, share my own insights. 
And what usually happens, if I, if I do it right, is they'll reach out and they'll say, hey, I saw your video, what do you think? You know, we open a dialogue. I've turned, that has turned to be uh, uh, much more effective than cold outreach. Yeah. So having a USP collaborations, but then of course you still need to do the work, right? You need to come up with ideas. You need to, uh, well, you need to record the videos. You need to make sure that, that the editing is good, that the videos are not boring, that people click through. Um, did you have a strategy there or what was, what would you recommend people do when they get started, if they get started in 2021, what else should they do other than define the USP and maybe some collaborations? For sure. Uh, that That's a really good question. You, you ask a great question, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I have this podcast, you know. You, you have practice. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I appreciate it. If, if someone were to come to me and say, what is... You know, it, it's easy to spout off one-liners, like, what's your number one no. thing? The, the truth is, each channel has their one main thing. And I've been listening to that book, The One Thing, uh, recently. It's very eye-opening, very good book. I can't remember who the author is now. Um, but if you look it up, very good book. It talks about this concept. But right now, in 2021, even aside from you mentioned the editing and the interest and all that, the number one thing that I would tell someone, if they say, what is the one thing that will grow my channel? I'm about to spill the secret sauce here, I guess. Consistency. I would say, do good ideas for videos. Uh. Start with good video ideas before anything else. It matters before your thumbnails. It matters before your editing. It matters before everything else because everything else pulls through with a good idea. Yeah. Your, your, your thumbnail... Yeah, if you had a good idea, well, the thumbnail is like 100% easier to make. Yeah. I don't know if that's an exaggeration. 90% easier to make if you have a good idea first. Yeah. And what I mean by a good idea is it's a combination of something that's appealing to your audience, the audience that you want to target, right? That's very appealing. But it's also appealing to you. Yeah. It's something that you're excited to make. You do that and it, the, the energy will pull through and so many other aspects will be successful. Yeah. That's very interesting what you mentioned there because... There is, um, there is a book or an author, and he, I forgot who it was, uh, a famous marketer, and he basically said that if you can have, if you could pick one advantage as, as a business owner, um, one thing that you, can, that you can have as a business, then you should wish for a hungry audience, right? I think this is pretty much in line with what you are saying here, because you can have the best, you know, the best videos, you can have the best business in the world, but if it's not a good idea, if it's not something that the people want, you're gonna struggle, right? So what you were saying here basically is that um, you can come up with the best video, but if it's not a good idea, if it's not something that the people like, that they're gonna click on, that they're gonna share, yeah, you can create the best, you know, super high quality video, but nobody's gonna watch it. Um, yeah. yesterday I had an interview with Mr. B's manager and I actually asked him this question. I said, how, do, how does he come up with all these ideas? And he said, yeah, it's just in his head, it's, um, in Jimmy's head. So do you, do you, that, yeah, that was not very practical advice for, for our listeners. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that like, so how do you duplicate that? Yeah, exactly. So let me just, um, let me just try and ask you. <laughs> like, do you have any any ideas or how do you come up with good ideas for videos? So first off, and I, I, this is the most unhelpful thing I'm going to say here, is you do develop a sense of it, right? 
of of what a good idea is versus a not good idea, which I think Jimmy, Mr. Beast, has developed for sure, right? But how you develop that, best ways that I recommend to people is first of all, get to know your industry really, really well, like especially on YouTube. Just watch a million videos. Like you spent a week just, just bathing yourself in everything going on in your space. You can't help but, and, and you watch for patterns. You start seeing, okay, you know, this video did good. And you ask yourself questions like, why did this video do good? You know, what was it about this video? What aspects of this video did good? Because when you do that, you start to develop a sense. You start seeing, oh, okay, so these types of videos are going to be do good. And you start testing it on your own channel. You start saying, okay, I'm going to make a video similar to that. You don't copy them, right? But you, you make a video similar to it and you start getting your own data on from your own audience and seeing, okay, this one did good. This one did not good. Why? And then why did it do well? Why didn't it do well? Uh, and... I guess what I'm saying in a nutshell is a lot of exposure to the area, see what is working, and ask yourself a lot of questions of why. Why did it do well? Why didn't it do well? Yeah. So research is actually very important. Uh, it's actually very important that before you launch a channel, you actually do some research. Not only think about your own unique selling point, but also look at the market and look what's working, what's not working, and then combine all those things you know combine that that need in the market with your own skills and then guess i guess it just comes down to lots of hard work being consistent yes it, it make every video just a bit better than the last one um anything else important that we are missing here well i think you're you're very right, especially if you have a newer channel. And I'll get questions like this all the time on channel makers uh, about things like, well, okay, what if, what if it's, you know, what about my metrics is wrong? What can you look at my channel? What about my click through rate is X, Y, Z, you know, why isn't my video doing better? And the bottom line, what I want to say to a lot of smaller channels, especially is stop looking at the analytics, <laughs> just stop. For a while, like that is not the most important thing. It's the most important thing, and it continues to be the most important thing, is is making content, which is exactly what you were saying, Jan. Like the the more you can make full effort videos, I call them full effort because it's not enough to just throw something together and put it out there and say, oh, it didn't work. Like, no, you gotta put some full effort into it. Try to get slightly better in every video. I liked how you said that. Um, the, but the more you can do that the more you will get that sense and the skill set that does lead to uh, conscious success or what would they say, a conscious competence. Because in a lot of cases, people will look at these channels that exploded really fast and they'll say, they'll, they'll hold it up like, hey, this is, this channel did so well. What, what's their secret? What's their secret? And for me, I say it's, it's never just luck. It's either unconscious competence or conscious competence. <laughs> and most of the time, when you dive into the story of those channels, I know because I've done several channels that blew up and people are like, why did this blow up? It's they've already run other channels. They've already started other channels. Most of the time, that's the case. They yeah. started somewhere and they just started this new one and they knew the ingredients that would mm -hmm. make it successful. Mm -hmm. What are some of the favorite YouTube channels that you see? grow very fast that, that you follow that you learn from that you are inspired by oh i've mark rober he i i don't know if you've seen any of his videos he does oh, yeah. he's engineer by trade right 
He makes very entertaining videos. I appreciate his storytelling. When he makes a video, sure, it's about something often could be very technical, but the way he narrates the video makes it just fantastic. He just barely published, as of recording this podcast, he just barely published a video about the, uh, he made a maze for squirrels in his backyard. <laughs> and I was admiring his storytelling, but also, I don't know how many hundreds of hours of footage he had to capture to get a 20-minute video for that, but the amount of work that went into that video is just impressive. Yeah. Well, uh, so you went from zero to 25K in one year. Um, a few months ago, we had Leah from Leah English on the podcast. She went from zero to 50, uh, 50,000 subscribers in just one year. Uh, she teaches French. No, sorry. She, she teaches English to French speakers. Um, I mean, these are all crazy achievements, right? What What do you think is... What can somebody expect when they when they start with YouTube? And let's say they've never they've never really um, created any videos. They've never been in front of the camera. Like, what's realistic? How how like we started our Create a Smart YouTube channel a few weeks ago? What can we expect? Like, if we upload content consistently every single month, uh, sorry, every single week, quality content. Yeah, you you ask a tough question. Uh, because face value, I would say you can't really expect anything because there's a few factors there. One, you've got you've to take into effect how quickly you learn, how quickly you are able to develop the skills necessary for a successful YouTube channel. That's one factor. But another is how, uh, okay, there's two others actually. One is how much interest is there yeah. in your topic yeah. of your channel? Something that has a high interest, it is more likely to get a higher terminal velocity like growth on your channel. It's just statistically more likely, yeah. right? And hungry audience. Yeah, hungry audience, right? But the other thing is how saturated is that already <laughs> on YouTube? Um, so as much as I would love to have like a formula for saying, okay, I, I can predict, you know, your channel is going to grow to this many subscribers or this many views. I can't say that definitively. Maybe if I did a deep dive into a specific, if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, this is my channel, what do you expect? Um, now, having said that, in most cases, if you really, um, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the word. You really put yourself into the work. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Committed? Right yeah, if you really commit and um, produce regularly, at least two videos a week, uh, in many cases, if you really commit yourself to learning and publishing regularly, it's not foreign to reach 5,000 subscribers within about a year. Yeah. That is really not that far off. And in many cases, it looks like nothing for six months, and then it will explode. That one video explodes or you know, those few videos explode and then you've built your channel right so that people find that one video and then they like the rest of your content and that yeah. immediately spikes you. Yeah. Do you agree that nobody should start a YouTube channel for the money? That they should only do it if they genuinely like to create videos, being creative, sharing their ideas? Yes. <laughs> I, I, there are certain types of people that are, that they love, that they're very motivated by money. And I think we all are to a certain degree, right? And for some people, that's enough to keep them going. Um, but I just ran a mastermind, speaking of masterminds, 
I just ran a mastermind. And during the event, there was about 16 people there. And by the end of the event, about five of them realized they hated their YouTube channels. <laughs> they just hated them. And, and so they were going to change directions. They were just going to pivot, either start another channel or, or pivot. And so I guess if you're just doing it for the money and you don't really care about it, it's, it can be really hard to grind. And it comes through in your energy. The emotion of the video, especially if you're showing up on camera, your face is on camera. If you don't enjoy making that video, there is a very high likelihood that people will not enjoy watching it. Yeah. So you need to love it. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally, that's the highest factor for success, for sure. How much should you look at the competition as a YouTuber? Because, of course, there's many things that we can learn from our competition. We want to know what, what's working in, in our niche and what's not. But at the same time, we can also become discouraged, right? If we see other people's channels taking off and uh, you're just putting out the work every single day, maybe not having to grow. I mean, it's also a mental, psychological game, right, YouTube? What would you recommend? How much should we look at our competition? I would. So we spoke to this. That's a great question. So we spoke to this research. I would get to know what's out there. You know, what is working? What's working for your quote-unquote competition, right? Uh, that, that'd be the first thing. Research them and watch their videos regularly. I actually, I recommend people do that. And I know there's the mental space thing, but a few things I would say to shift that, this concern about all the competition, it can be easy to look and say, well, they're just doing awesome, right? But I look at that and I see there's an audience for this stuff. So if it's working for my competition, it's not exclusive to my competition. Yeah. If it's working for them and I can make something really awesome that also helps the audience, they can watch my competition and me, and maybe even like me more than the competition. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, if anyone's ever looking at the competition and they look at a video, particular video, and they say, I could do better than that, that's a good indicator. That's a really good indicator. Yeah, so it should be something good if you're not growing as fast as your competition, <laughs> because at least it shows that there is potential in the market, no? Yes. <laughs> Um, you have a video that did pretty well, and the title was "Why Viral Videos Don't Make." So why you should not try to to aim for viral videos? Mm -hmm. um, why is that? Yeah, that video is called "Why Why It's Almost Pointless to to Make a Viral Video or to Go for." Yeah. A, I can't even remember the title of that. Yeah, why is um, why why going viral on YouTube is almost pointless? Let's see if yeah. I can remember the titles of my own videos. <laughs> uh, that one was interesting because it speaking to that point of the hopes that people have when they're building a channel. They hope that they will get a viral video. In a lot of cases, that's the hope because the thought process is, if only I got a viral video, then I would get a lot of attention and a lot of people to my channel, and then I'd have it made. And that hope is fueled by multiple examples, like what we were talking earlier, of channels that do get viral videos, and then they explode, right? And because they see that happening and so a lot of people see that and think I just need a viral video the problem there is it's twofold one is first of all trying to make a viral video almost always fails because you don't know how to make a viral video in most cases you don't but the other thing is your channel's not ready for a viral video in a lot of cases hmm. so focusing on and what I mean by not ready is Let's say I, there are so many cases of videos that do go viral, but they do almost nothing for the channel. This video gets 5 million views on it, 
and the channel's still a thousand subscribers or whatever you know your metric is because people came to the one video and the people who filtered through they said oh this is interesting i wonder if the channel has more of this they go to the channel and they see there isn't more content like that on the channel yeah. or almost worse they'll go to the channel they'll subscribe and then the channel um, doesn't understand why they're there so they're not able to adjust right so they produce other they, they publish other videos and the audience says this isn't what i came for yeah and so they're just gone they're, they're what i call dead subscribers yeah so you're basically saying that the content should be uh, the video that you try to make viral should be aligned with the, the existing videos on your channel so that when once people land on your page they can actually scroll around and you know go back to the archive maybe watch a few of the other videos and they only subscribe after watching after having watched a few videos not just after one viral video for sure uh -huh. now let's say i hire you or let's say somebody hires you to improve their uh, youtube channel what are some of the first things that you look at i look at baseline views when i i look at a channel i pulled up usually on desktop I look at it and I say, what's your baseline views? That is much more important to me than subscribers. Because baseline views is a much healthier indicator of a, uh, much better indicator of a healthy channel than subscribers. Mm -hmm. Because as we just discussed, subscribers can be dead. They can be virtually useless on a channel. But baseline views, well, I look at a, a video that's published seven days ago. How many views is it getting? And that tells me, the pulse of the channel that mm -hmm. tells me you know how many people are coming to watch every video yeah. on this channel because and, and then as soon as i assess that i say okay why are they here you know what are the aspects that are working well for this the baseline of the audience because there's going to be people who are you know like the other videos and we can look at individual videos but i want to know about the baseline the core audience the pulse of the channel as i call it uh to because then I start asking myself questions. Like, okay, why are they here? And, and what could be done to attract more of that type of person? Mm -hmm. So you look at the videos that get the most amount of views regularly? Like on average? I look at every video on the channel. Mm. So if I'm, if I'm assessing a channel... Sorry, I just got a drink of water there. That's why I bought <laughs> That's it. That's okay. It's a podcast. We have the time. Audio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I had a... I had a, a water bottle company reach out to me a couple of weeks ago. They're like, hey, we want you to do product placement on your channel. And and I was like, what, just pro I could do a video about like make, doing a sponsored video. Anyway, they, they said a number. It wasn't a number I liked. And it was funny because I'm always showing my water bottle on my channel and stuff. I was like, it would have been perfect, but it wasn't to be. Yeah. It wasn't to be. You were anyway, to... sorry. Back to what we were saying there. So I look at every video. So I'm, I want to know what's what's the baseline of views on a one week old video and a rolling one week old. So I couldn't look at like two weeks old and sometimes they'll have more because a few more will trickle through. But in general, I want to know that core audience and that's to me one of the best indicators of that. And um, what do you do if that, if that number is low or high? Where do you go from it, there? Yeah, so if it's high, that means we're doing really well with the current audience, which is good. Keep doing what you're doing. Now let's make more videos to attract new audience. Mm -hmm. Right. If it's low, you say, well, you're not doing very well with your current audience. So we either need to attract more of the current audience, uh, more of the current audience that are the you know regular viewers and such, or we just need to attract new audience. Yeah. And you compare the um, 
you, you called it uh, how do you call it the base the baseline or the um baseline the, views yeah the baseline views you compare that to the number of subscribers or not necessarily uh, yes but it doesn't weigh into it very much because in many cases subscribers is just a number it's it, it's not nearly as important as many new youtubers think of it mm -hmm. because a subscriber to me how i think of it is just someone at some point saying I like this channel. Yeah. Therefore, I'm going to subscribe. You know, because beyond that, from an algorithm standpoint, subscribe factors very little, a lot less than you would think. It's, it factors very little into um, what the algorithm does with your videos, even with your subscribers. Mm -hmm. It's much less than most people think. Mm -hmm. Many people assume that you subscribe, therefore, every video gets shown to them. That is very far from. It. What yeah. actually happens. So you said if the baseline views are low, then you need to try to attract a new audience. Is that, is that correct? Mm -hmm. So how do you yes. do that? New ideas. <laughs> We've come full circle here. Yeah, you know, yeah. Starting with good ideas. You say, okay, so what, who, who do I want my audience to be? Yeah. What are the ideas that are appealing to them? And I go for that. Mm -hmm. Produce videos from that. So when we started our creators, there are various strategies to grow a channel, right? And when we when we started the Creator Smart channel, we have um, an all-time record of fifty-four subscribers. I think at the moment I just checked before <laughs> before <laughs> before this interview. Um, but we we decided that we wanted to. We have a very clear idea of who our customer avatar is at, at Creator Smart, like the people that we want to work with. So we were thinking about some of the questions that they have, and in the videos were basically answering those questions you think yeah. that's enough to grow a channel because i've also heard that um yes this might this might be one good strategy but you should actually be doing different things right so create content for your existing audience create content for a new audience for new people to find you so maybe videos that you know have more potential to go viral but that, that are not 100 related to what you are teaching um how many types of videos do we need to create oh that's a great question so answering specific questions is very search based yeah uh which is a way to grow a, a channel and a pretty good way when the channel is small because youtube doesn't know who your audience is yet and yet they do know that this video is about a query um so that's pretty good at the beginning doing search based stuff but eventually and we know this 75% or more of views on YouTube come from browse and suggested which is YouTube their algorithm doing the work of putting your videos in front of people right mm -hmm. so at the beginning yeah I do searchable stuff uh, I would also like you said make videos that are for the type of audience that you want to have on your channel but aren't necessarily searchable they can be searchable also and in fact if you make a video that's both searchable and um a, an attractive idea in general then that's you've got a good you've got a good formula for yeah. a video to spread because then you have multiple uh, traffic sources for that yeah. video so what you could do there is basically again study your competition see what's working in your, in your niche and then try to do something similar to uh, to what seems to be working. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that might be something that we uh, we can try a bit later then. Um, For sure. What mistakes do you see big YouTubers still make? Or are they not making any mistakes? Oh, they're, they're perfect. 
they, they don't make any mistakes. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, that was me pausing to contemplate here. Something that I think is across the board is you can't, and this is actually something I would say for the Creator Smarts channel, is you were bringing that up just barely. You can't force an audience to like something. In most cases, you really cannot force them to want to watch a video. Um, it's better to look at what they already enjoy and do that. We've, we've talked about this earlier in this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's the one thing. So anything, if, even if you think you have an idea or any channel thinks they have an idea of their ideal customer avatar, um, it's, it, it, it can be easy to go off track because we think in our heads that they want something, but we don't actually have any data to back that up. So we keep trying to produce content that's basically trying to force something on the audience that they may or may not want, right? Okay, so that's one thing. The other thing is with larger YouTube channels, I'm not gonna, maybe I should name these channels, I don't know. There are some larger YouTube channels that started off, this is pure opinion here, okay? They, the, a thing I see fairly often is they start off with a certain vibe. People like them as a creator. And earlier on in their channel, they're just like bootstrapping it. They're, they're making the videos, they're editing them. They have this certain energy about their videos. When they grow larger, they hire a manager, they hire editors, they hire a production team. They, they do a lot of these things and they start to lose some of that vibe, some of that feeling that they had earlier on. I don't think I'll name the channel I have in mind. There's a specific channel that's being very successful and they're still arguably very successful. But for me personally, I've been watching their channel and more recently, their earlier videos felt like just a bunch of friends getting together and making awesome videos. And now they feel more like productions. And on YouTube, a production, it, it's, it, the majority of YouTube doesn't go there to look for a production. Yeah. They go there to look for people and someone to follow. Yeah, so maybe that's the advantage that you have as somebody who's just getting started, right? You can still be personal. That's how you compete to, with, uh, with the bigger channels. And I guess as for those who have bigger YouTube channels, yeah, they, I guess they somewhere have to make a sacrifice, right? If they want to grow the business, maybe they want to create more content, maybe multiple YouTube channels, maybe they want to focus more on building the business on the back of the YouTube channel. Um, yeah, then I guess hiring a manager is going to make, or, and video editors um, is going to make that possible. But you, you need to pay, you know, you pay the price somewhere. It's almost like going from a personal brand to a business brand or to a commercial brand. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it's good they, to know uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, and many of them lose that personal touch, exactly what you're saying. And since I referenced this earlier, one that I feel like has not lost it is actually Mark Rober. I already talked about this. I mean, there's lots of channels I watch, but he's one that I've admired because he's gotten enormous, and yet it still feels like it's just him how making big? videos. I'm sure he has an entire team of people <laughs> working really? on every video. How how big is the channel? You know that? Uh, I'd have to look. I look right. Uh, just under 20 million subscribers. 20? 20 million. 20 yeah. million. Mm -hmm. And it still feels like he's doing everything by himself. It feels like he's just a guy making videos. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good to know that there is an example out there of somebody who actually managed to grow a big team, a big channel, and uh, that you can still have that, that personal touch. 
um, sure. we're definitely going to check out that channel. Now you make me curious. <laughs> what do you, and actually what I'm doing here now, like these questions that I'm asking you, these are also the questions that come up in, in like the mastermind events and um, like the emails that we get. Um, so how do you, how do you stay motivated to create videos? We work with some of the YouTubers are very successful, but they have been doing this for years and years and years, and they're just getting tired sometimes. Um, is there, I mean, having a having a publishing schedule could help. Um, is there anything else that you you know works for people in your community? Well, it. So, in many cases, I mean, especially if this is a full time thing for people it can feel like you're always on, like you always have to be at your best when you're making videos. You always have to be like top of your game, otherwise the videos don't do very well because like I said earlier, the energy does come through and if you're hating making videos, it can be very hard to make an interesting video or and, and get that burnout, like exactly what you're saying. How do you stay motivated? So I may think differently on this. It can be hard to break what's already working right but if you have a topic or you have a channel built especially if you have a larger channel you have a channel built um, there are things you can do to start pivoting the channel take it to something new uh, that you are more interested in these days because if you started it three years ago you were interested in different stuff three years ago right yeah. so there are ways you can pivot um, and introduce the audience gradually very gradually to the new way of doing things you'll lose some people and that's okay because you'll be enjoying your life more <laughs> again right that's one option the other is um you can just start another youtube channel or the third thing i will say and this is going back to that the one thing book i've been reading is just blowing my mind is talking about motivation being a limited supply like you have a limited amount of energy they've yeah, done actual yeah. studies on this yeah. motivation the the willpower they call it willpower to work through something is a limited supply each day like the, you just have this amount and if you try to go beyond it chances are it's not going to work right so what they say is use those times of willpower to automate things or to create habits so if motivation is an issue Use the willpower to automate as much as you can on the channel, to create habits, any of those things. And then if, if it's still your face, maybe you can automate almost everything about producing a YouTube channel, except when you turn on the camera and record yourself. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that's another option. Just focus on a smaller section of it while you are doing other things. Yeah, so it basically comes down to finding ways to make it to make it fun again. By, for example, talking about topics that you are more passionate about, maybe starting another channel. Um, maybe you can also think about ways to, well, as you said, to automate things, right? So to maybe hire script writers. Um, basically bringing people on board who can do the things that you don't like doing, like script writing, video editing. Maybe even having a camera guy co coming to your home, um, just pressing the record button, you know, just to have that motivation uh, and that, that accountability as well. It's good. We're going to read that. At that point, it's really yeah. just your, your time is really just coordinating the idea, right? Making sure it's a good idea. You're still in charge of it. And then recording time. Yeah. Uh, and then reviewing. So it's significantly less yeah. at that point. Yeah, because for most of these guys, they, they have an actual business on the back, right? Because if they, mm -hmm. 
change topics all of a sudden is not going to work anymore with the products that they're offering in the back. So I yeah. guess that's that's the real challenge there. But um, I guess everything eventually becomes work, right? And I think the big challenge is to find ways to 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 keep having fun and to to not lose the um, to basically make it enjoyable and not not lose that motivation. But we're gonna check out that book. What was it called? The the one thing, right? The one thing. Okay, I'm gonna. I was going to look up who the author is. Yeah, the one thing. We'll add it in the um, in book. the show notes. Let's see here. It's called, it's just called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. And it is by Gary Keller. We're going to check it out. Um, let's talk a bit about the latest trends then on, on YouTube. Um, YouTube recently introduced shorts. Um, you've done a few YouTube videos on whether shorts are w worth it or not. What was your conclusion? So shorts, um, as with every introdu introduction of a new um, thing, new technology, new social media platform, it was very, very easy to be successful on it when they first introduced it because they were testing it on everybody and the pool of people they were drawing from was significantly smaller. I called it the gold rush of shorts. Uh, now it is basically at full competition mode. The, the gold rush is over in my opinion. That, and by gold rush, I don't mean you can't be successful with it anymore. I mean, it's on par now with other YouTube now. So you, you have to be much more strategic and much higher quality to be successful with YouTube shorts now. Um, they are very, very successful for many channels still. Um, it's not in the past. YouTube shorts were something that any old channel could just... And by in the past, I mean even just three months ago. <laughs> like three, four months ago is really not that long ago. It was any channel could upload a short and it would get attention. And many channels did do that and got a lot of attention from it. But what's happening more and more is because the pool is so large, I, YouTube published uh, an article like two months ago saying they were getting, I think it was six and a half billion views on YouTube shorts daily. Uh, that's a lot of views, and and yet it's only more than that now because it's a couple months since that. So with it now, there's a few ways it, we can take shorts for many people and certain channel topics, especially ones that are more visually interesting. Shorts are still an excellent option. It is a bit more tough with skills-based channels and skills, not visually skills like Channel makers, for example, yeah. my channel, uh, it was much more difficult to do that because it was just me talking, not as yeah. much demonstrating. Shorts are very visually geared. If yeah. you can show something very interesting, you have a much higher likelihood so, of being successful with it. More similar to what's already working on TikTok, for example. Yes. Yep. I see people create separate channels for shorts. So they have like a main channel and then a, short, a channel for their shorts. Do you mm -hmm. think that makes sense? Is that a good idea? Or? Uh, I'm back and forth on this because on the one hand, I have I, I see if, if someone has a larger channel, but they don't want to put shorts on their primary channel. They don't want to, you know, confuse the audience. I see making a shorts a separate shorts channel as a good idea, as another format form of uh, content that can still be successful. I think that's that's good. 
Um, but I also have to contrast that with seeing one of the channels I manage having shorts on the primary channel has been an excellent source of building subscribers and regular viewers on the channel. So the tricky thing here is getting shorts are really good for attention. A lot of attention. If you make a good YouTube short, you're going to get a lot of attention to that short. And by attention, I mean eyeballs on your content, right? But from there, uh, your job is to convert them to the regular content on your channel if you are publishing on the same channel. Hmm. What do you? What are your thoughts on the future of of YouTube or online videos? How do you think that you talk that you think about in your in your free time? <laughs> For sure. I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think it's going away. I think it's only growing. Uh, it's There will continue to be things like YouTube Shorts that will be opportunities in the future, um, whether that's with YouTube or if another platform pioneers it first. Um, in fact, it's pretty likely there will be other platforms that pioneer things first and then YouTube will pick them up. <laughs> yeah. As with YouTube Shorts, YouTube Shorts was not original. That was, I mean, Vine before TikTok, like that was already done elsewhere. Yeah. They're just getting in on the, on the game, right? I think there will continue to be opportunities like that. And so when those opportunities do come up, uh, it could be a good idea for many YouTube creators to jump on those opportunities when they happen, if it fits what they want to do. First of all, if they want to get into something that's beta, it's a certain type of people that have to be willing to get into yeah. something before it's really tested. Uh, in the case of YouTube Shorts, it's still technically not monetized. So there are people who, anyway, it's a long story, but technically you don't get paid directly for producing a YouTube Short and publishing it on, and it's viewed on the short shelf. Anyway, that's a story for another time. But so the early adopters, if if and when new opportunities come, keeping an eye out for it as a content creator, keep an eye out for those trends. And if you're the type of person that wants to jump on those things to get in on it as soon as you can and experiment with it and see how well it fits both you and your audience. Thank you so much, Nate, for sharing all your insights here. If people want to learn more about you, your work, where can they go? Channel Makers YouTube channel. That would be the number one place. Wow. Go on there, and I will say this. Don't just go there and subscribe. <laughs> go on there and watch a few videos. If you do enjoy the videos, uh, then yes, by all means, subscribe. Um, and I would love to see you guys there. We're going to check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like this episode, then please give it a positive rating in whatever podcast app that you're using. And if you want to listen to other interviews or just learn more about what we do, then make sure to go to our website, creatorsmart.com. See you on the next episode. Ciao.